And while having millions makes it probably even more easy, I would tend to believe that it's much more impactful when you don't have excess, but you've made it your desire to give and to give unconditionally within whatever it is that you have. You're listening to the Leverage Your Incredible Factor podcast with Darnielle Jervy Harmon, the place to be to leverage and scale a business that serves you financially and spiritually. I'm your host, spiritual business growth strategist, Darnielle J. Harmon. Join me each week for inspiring stories, powerful interviews, and business growth strategy to help you experience abundance in your life because of your business. If you are ready to play and pray bigger, let's get this party started. If this is your first time joining me, there's just a few things I want to make sure that you know. Number one, I am not new to this. I am true to this. For more than 10 years, I have been growing businesses, period. I am the absolute best at combining spiritual principles with business growth strategy to turn entrepreneurs into multiple six and seven figure CEOs. And no, in case you were wondering, you do not have to choose. You can love God and make both loads of money. And I'm on a mission to create even more multiple six and seven figure CEOs. Oh, and we don't do hustle and grind. We do spirituality and systems. You might be wondering exactly what the incredible factor is. And if that's you, I invite you to go all the way back to our very first episode. I even give you a really powerful worksheet that you can download so that you can find yours because it is the key to beginning to leverage and scale your business. And I am tickle purple that you are listening in today. This episode is powered by the Grow Your Business Toolkit. If you are sick and tired as a service-based business of not crossing the seven-figure mark, I've got just what you need. This toolkit will literally position you to crack the seven-figure code. Learn more and grab yours today at growyourbusinesstoolkit.com. In today's episode, I sit down with the goddess of giving, Arlene Kogan, and she says every single one of us has the power to be a philanthropist. Let me just tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with Arlene because she and I share so many ideas around giving in common. And one of the things she said that really blew me away, which is not my story, but she said, I learned philanthropy at my kitchen table. Her parents were givers, and that's a big part of the reason why today she is doing the work that she's doing. Now, she didn't start here. She had a a career path, much like most of ours, where we don't start out doing work in purpose, and then eventually we land there. But I'm so grateful for all that she's been through because it allowed her to be able to share so powerfully from that space. Let me take a moment and read Arlene's bio. Arlene is a motivational and inspirational speaker on charitable giving and philanthropy. She's a coach, founder of ArleneColgan.com, certified financial planner, best-selling author, author of Give to Live, and the creator of the Give to Live Now system. Arlene breaks giving down into bite-sized, understandable pieces and shows audiences how they can make charitable gifts they never imagined. Arlene is a certified financial planner who began her career on Wall Street. She spent over 20 years in the trust and investment world, desiring to change and wanting to lead by example for her two daughters. Arlene then helped guide the ninth largest community foundation in the country for almost a decade. 
I love this conversation with Arlene. I believe that you're about to get your whole life, that you're going to come into alignment and realize that all along you have been a philanthropist. Let's jump into my conversation with Arlene Hogan. Arlene, thank you so very much for joining me for the Leverage Your Incredible Factor Business Podcast. How are you today? I am fabulous, Darnielle, and it's fabulous to see you again after a couple months. You were out here in Oregon. Yeah, yeah. I had a great time in Oregon. It was so beautiful when I was there, too. I had no idea what to expect because I had never actually been there before. But it was amazing. Your group was phenomenal. I mean, I had such a blast speaking to you guys. And so I'm so glad that we get an opportunity to connect again. Why don't you take just a quick minute and tell everybody who you are in your own words? Oh, well, thank you. I'm Arlene Kogan, and I am known as the goddess of giving, which was given to me by a number of estate planning attorneys and financial advisors because I teach people how to be a philanthropist. And that comes from me as a certified financial planner. And I spent 20 years in the trust and investment world, Darnielle. I started off on Wall Street making people money (laughs) and growing their money. And after I had two daughters, I put it all in perspective and realized that on Wall Street, while it was a lot of fun, there was a lot of not so fun stuff like mm-hmm. sexual harassment, the glass ceiling, mm-hmm. wage discrimination, just to name a few. Right. <laughs> and when we moved from the East Coast to the West Coast to be closer to family, I stayed home with my daughters and saw a career coach. Mm. And everything came up, philanthropy, benevolence. And I looked at her and said, how do you make money at that? Because everything I knew about philanthropy was you worked hard and you felt great about it, but you made nothing. Right. Well, I jumped right back into the trust and investment world and then was able to find a position with the Oregon Community Foundation, Mm -hmm. which happens to be the ninth largest community foundation in the country. And I worked with individuals in development there, developing funds for nine years, dream job. And I help people every day use philanthropy to help with personal and financial goals for more effective outcomes. And after nine years of a dream job, helping bringing in over $90 million to the community foundation to make a difference in the world, I realized that Oregon Community Foundation, while great, was just a little too narrow because they were only focused on Oregon. And you know what? I want to change the world. And I want everyone to have the joy of giving during their life. And the best way to do that was to go out on my own and teach people how to become a philanthropist. And that's what I do. And I love that so much, Arlene, because I fancy myself a philanthropist. And I know like a big part of the work that I do and the money that I create is not just so that it's sitting in some bank account for me to watch every single day. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like watching my money, but I love even more than that. I love giving it away. So like even this past weekend, 
me and a couple of my clients, we do this thing we call blind blessings. And so we go and we get money out of the bank. And then we go to like Walmart or wherever and we hide money. We hide money in baby pampers and we hide money in, in uh, diaper bags and pockets of pants and shoes. We just hide cash so that when people get it, when they make their purchase and they get home and they find this $20 bill, this $50 bill, we know like anonymously that we're doing good in the world and we know that we just were a blessing to someone else and they have no idea who we were. And we do that for, uh, you know, so, lots of different reasons. For me, I, you know, I, as a, as a millionaire, for me, it's important to make sure that I'm giving back because I think money just for the sake of money is useless. I think the reason why we earn and we earn more than we could ever need is so that we can add value and give to others and that, so that is like something that's, you know, real for me right now. And I'm excited to have this conversation with you today because I, I know that there are a lot of people who are listening to this podcast and people who will find this podcast who part of their why they're building their business is so that they can impact the world, right? Or as I like to say, so that they can shake the planet. And we, you and I both know you can only shake the planet and be a philanthropist is if you have something to give to other people. And so I'm really excited to hear your take on giving and the role that giving plays, not only in impacting society, but also building wealth for yourself and legacy for your family. So I think we should just jump right in. So when you worked with that career coach and all roads kept pointing to giving and philanthropy, like where did that stem from? You know, when I really look back at my family, I learned philanthropy at the kitchen table with my parents. And my parents are the million, Tom Stanley, the millionaire next door. You wouldn't, to look at them, you wouldn't think they had much, you know, coupon clipping. But my father was a business owner and he always gave anonymously because whatever the project or was or the need was, that was more important than having his name on it. And I remember my mother bringing me around, delivering Meals on Wheels to elderly people. And actually, one time being a little freaked out when an elderly woman came over and was started touching my face. And when we left, my mother really put it into perspective of, you know, their need for connection and seeing other people. So when you ask me, where does that come from? Well, as a career, it never occurred to me that I would ever go into philanthropy. Mm -hmm. It was something that was raised in me as a young child to always give back, to always help others. So it, it was hidden underneath and it took that career coach to kind of ask the questions and yeah. I had to do a lot of work to get there. But I'm really thrilled I am because once you align those those core values, yeah. those family values that you, sometimes you don't even realize you grew up with until you start exploring it. Right you know, that's when you can create a life you love and be successful and give back. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love that you said, I learned philanthropy at my kitchen table. I, I further love that you said that your father was more concerned about giving than he was having his name on it. 
are lean. Like you are speaking to my soul right now. Like I don't like to give in my name. Like I just like to get, I don't need any shine. I don't need any accolade because I gave. It's just my heart and my nature to do so. And so to know that you learned that as a young child, that's so powerful. I say all the time that we have to be careful because you know who we are is formed by the time we're seven. So the things that we're observing and we're seeing from our parents helps to determine who we're going to be as an adult. And so the fact that, you know, at your kitchen table as a young child, it became ingrained in you about the importance of giving and and giving just because with no expectation that something is going to come back. It really does set you up for a life that, in my opinion, is at the next level, which I know is so important with everything that's going on in the world right now. People are you know, crazed and confused and experiencing much chaos. But I would venture to guess that in your world, personally, and for the lives of those that you serve through your your client base, you guys are seeing life through an entirely different lens because you have this heart to give, right? Yes. And now, particularly, there's loss everywhere. It's exactly like you said. You know, our economy is collapsing. The pandemic is here. And, and those who can give really do want to give and they want it to be focused and purposeful. Yeah. And, you know, I think to do that, you, you do have to do some work. You have to figure out what's important to you. What do you want? You know, my favorite question is how do you want to be remembered? Mm. You know, I remember in college doing an exercise in one of my classes, write your obituary. Mm -hmm. And that's a really powerful exercise because if you write it down and you can create the vision, Mm -hmm. you can take the steps and put into place anything to achieve it. Arlene, I'm telling you, if you were here, I would either smack you or kiss you because that was so good. Like that was amazing what you just said. And I love it. And I want to pull it back for everybody who's listening. And in fact, what I think would be really helpful is if we can begin to create a framework or blueprint for everyone, because what I think is a popular misnomer is that you have to have extreme wealth to give. And you and I both know that is not the truth, right? That is so not, you know, (laughs) one of the things like my mission is for everyone to have the joy of giving during their life. Mm-hmm. And you don't have, I want to take back the term philanthropist from the multimillionaires and billionaires because philanthropy is love of humankind. Oh, that's and good. during COVID that could be getting groceries for your neighbor or calling an elderly person who might be alone. Mm-hmm. And doing lots of volunteer work. I do a ton of volunteer work, Darnielle. I sit on three boards. I'm on two other committees. I don't stop because it is so rewarding. But that being said, I am a certified financial planner. So when I really look at how to be a philanthropist, I want to take back that everyone can be a philanthropist. You just have to learn how to do it at your level of giving. And I want to share later with your your followers a great tip on the financial formula for everyone to become a philanthropist and leave a legacy gift they never imagined. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So before we get there, let's take a step back. 
Is that better? Yeah. So before we before we go to where you just said a moment ago, I want to take a step back. You said you said it's important to know that when you are giving, you are giving with focus and purpose. And then you started to say one question I always ask my clients is how do they want to be remembered? So what I would like to know is what are what are are there other questions that anyone who's listening right now who wants to start thinking like a philanthropist, right? Understanding that the definition of philanthropy is the love of humankind. Are there other questions we should be asking ourselves to put us in a state of philanthropic efforts, regardless of how big or how small they are? Well, you know, I work a lot with financial advisors. So I have a whole list of conversation starters that I usually provide advisors Mm -hmm. to ask their questions. But when we look at those questions, in my book, Give to Live, Make a Charitable Gift You Never Imagined, Mm -hmm. the middle section is broken up into parts that people can self-identify and go straight to. For example, I'm a business owner, dual income, no children, widow, divorce. And they could jump straight to that chapter and learn some fabulous techniques. But the great pieces after each individual story, there are these areas where you can start to create your philanthropic plan because there are personal reflection areas. Oh, that's good. So you can start to determine your core values, who you want to be involved, start to identify organizations and causes near and dear to your heart. Because without that initial groundwork and foundation, Mm -hmm. there's just way too many causes out there to support. Right. And when you align your giving with your core values, Mm -hmm. it's the truth. It is a win, win, win. It's a win for everyone. I love that aligning your giving with your core values. So, so what I just heard you say, because there are so many different variables that can come into play in determining where you give the best thing of, again, going back to being focused and being on purpose and in purpose would be to look at your core values. And then after you identify your core values, if you've never done that exercise, start to seek out causes that would be in alignment with the values that you hold dear. You know, there's a lot, there's about seven steps to becoming a philanthropist that I have in my give to live program. (laughs) And you know, values is one separate program. And then there's a whole separate section on really figuring out the causes near and dear to your heart. And usually that starts with one of the first steps is the personal reflection, documenting, where are you spending your time? Where do you spend, give, where are you physically giving and spending your time? And we take that reflection take your values and that's when we start to identify within which we've already reflected on we know we like right let's say it's animals as you can see I have one land behind me mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you're an animal lover you know there are organizations that are huge like the ASPCA and then there are the local ones you know like we have the feral cat coalition. Mm -hmm. But that's a big range of animal organizations to give to. 
So it really takes a lot of due diligence and it's, and I guide people through the process so they can identify not only the kind of organization, what it supports, but the size of organization. You know, some people want to support the big organizations and other people are truly want the, the local one. So right. a lot more goes into it than just here are your values and here are the organizations. <laughs> well, and, and that's why I'm trying to get an understanding. Like, I want people to walk away from this conversation. I'm not trying to, for you to tell them the, the, your whole process, but at the same time, they're not going to pursue this if you don't give them something that they can begin to work on now. And so I think that we have a responsibility if we want more people to learn how to be givers to teach them what's going to be important. So within that first step of understanding their core values, going through the personal reflection guide, I'm still, I'm still very interested in hearing other questions they should be asking themselves. Because the only thing I wrote down was, in addition to how do you want to be remembered or what are your core values and what are the causes that are near and dear to your heart? But I may not know what causes are near and dear to my heart because I've never fancied myself or given to anyone, maybe outside of my local church, if I've even given there. And so if I'm just getting started and I have no clue, but I love the idea of giving, I've always volunteered or, you know, made myself available to people that were in need. And now I want to deepen that by actually putting something financial on it. What, what are, if you can just give me two to three questions that I need to ask myself so that the people who will listen to this episode will go down a path in reflection in their journal and begin sure. to ask themselves if this is even something that they're interested in doing. Yeah. And so some of the key things are, you know, who in your life has left a major impact on you and who you've become and why? A lot of times it may be a coach or a teacher. Mm -hmm. Another great conversation starter is tell me about the important experiences in your life. Mm. You know, someone may have had a terrible car accident from a drunk driver or cancer. Mm -hmm. And those experiences will sometimes draw a person to a specific cause. So we start to really drill down on those questions. What is your family passionate about? Like, are you one of those families who's out hiking every weekend and enjoying nature? Mm -hmm. So when we start to just ask some basic questions, where do you spend your time? Why? you can start to identify what matters to people. Yeah, I think that that's really good. Thank you for adding that in. And when I think about the, the first question that you gave us, who's left a major impact on you and why? Like that immediately took me back to a story that uh, people who listen to my podcast have heard many times, but I had a teacher in the fifth grade, Miss Dixon, who gave me my love of words. The work that I do today is as a direct result of Miss Dixon caring enough to see my anger and turn it into potential by giving me that very first journal, right? And so I give to here locally in, um, in this Philadelphia region, I give to Mighty Writers, which is an organization that teaches children, um, middle school and high school children, how to write 
I love words. I love writing. So that's one of the causes that I get to. So I can see how we can easily make the parallel. And I didn't even know, right? I've never read your book. I didn't even know that this was a thing, but just by being in tune with what's important to me, what my core values are, I'm already able to make a connection to some of the places where I give, which I think is really powerful. And so those of you who are listening right now, I want you to take and write these questions down that Arlene has given you. I'm also gonna make sure that we put how to get a copy of her book in the show notes if you're interested in delving into this farther. Because again, you don't have to have millions to be philanthropic. And while having millions makes it probably even more easy, I would tend to believe that it's much more impactful when you don't have excess, but you've made it your desire to give and to give unconditionally within whatever it is that you have. And I, I, I love everything about this conversation and what we're, what we're talking about, Arlene, because I think that as entrepreneurs and as small business owners, we influence this economy in so many ways, not just by creating jobs, but even by the causes that we deem important that we support and give to. So I think it is so important that everybody who is listening go through this and look back over your your past, the things that may have come up during your childhood, the organizations um, and, and causes and thoughts, things that make your heart excited. I love that question. You said, what is your family passionate about? Like, that's such a good question, right? Is I just I just love the... The inquisitive nature with which we can ask ourselves these deep and probing questions, make some personal reflections, and from that, cast a net to begin to add this into our life experience. Let's talk a little bit about once you start giving, again, at whatever level, you said, learn how to do it on your level, right? So whatever level you're exercising this option to give, Let's talk about the byproduct of that giving. Like, what does it do for you? So, you know, first and foremost, giving provides happiness. There are hard studies on it. You know, Michael Norton, who's an associate business professor at Harvard, along with Elizabeth Dunn at the University of British Columbia, did a whole study on this, on, on just giving to others. And at at the end of it, people ended up being happier. And they Pew, Pew Trust did a whole worldwide study. And it basically showed when you give to others, you're happier. So what it provides happiness. Philanthropy makes us feel good. Yeah. But philanthropy is so much more than that because we are helping our community. We are leading by example for our family members and those around us. Mm -hmm. And all those little steps add up. Additionally, when we look at philanthropy, that's just the personal stuff. But from a financial standpoint, there's a whole side of philanthropy we haven't talked about, like reducing or eliminating taxes. Mm -hmm. They're charitable vehicles that can provide you a retirement income stream. Yeah. You could provide for a loved one. There are so many uh, goals that individuals have that when we layer philanthropy on our, and integrate philanthropy into our personal and financial goals, we, we have a trifecta because we're using our mind, body, and spirit to make a difference in the world, community, and causes we care about. 
Oh, so I, I, have, I love that. Hold on. We got to stop right there for a second. Like if this is second nature to you, so you're just spewing it off like, uh, but the people who are listening, I want to pull that back for them because that was so good. You said it's a trifecta that we create using our mind, our body, and our spirit. Whoa. I'm sure that there the people who give, they get it. Like I I get the the rush, the benevolent, benevolent rush is what I call it, of doing the blind blessings or, you know, writing a big check to a cause and 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 you know, and I tithe wherever wherever I get inspiration. So sometimes that's a church, sometimes that's to an individual organization organization. Anytime my spirit is fed, I give, right? I just believe in that. Um, and I think, but I, and I love it because it really does impact all of who I am. My entire being, the embodiment of who I am gets fed by the act of giving. So I love that trifecta of mind, body, and spirit. And I just wanted to, to pull on that because I think, yes, there is the, the tax uh, shelter that we can create around giving, right? I don't recommend that anyone give out of creating a, a tax shelter, but I think that that is a powerful benefit. I mean, I exercise that benefit. I'm not even going to lie to you and say that I don't, right? But it's not my right. impetus. My impetus is I want to do good in the world. I make this money so that I can impact the lives of others, right? And these are the causes that I've chosen to impact. And, and I get to feel good in every part of who I am because that is the way that I'm serving and that is the way I'm showing up in the world. That is so good. And so for those of you who are listening that either have given in the past, but maybe it's not habitual, it's not something that you do, think about how all of the other benefits that have to come from your ability to consistently give. As Arlene just said, the trifecta of mind, body, and spirit, a way to be in alignment with all that you were created to be through leveraging your work in the form of giving. I'm excited. I have chills right now, Arlene, because... I'm, I'm just blown away at, because I, I never thought of it like that. But yes, I get the rush. I feel amazing every time I do it. Like, it feels awesome, but I never put two and two together. So that's really powerful. Well, amen, hallelujah. <laughs> I know, right? This is good, 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 good stuff. So um, you had a couple other things that I, I think you wanted to make sure that you shared with everybody before we... We go. We talked already a lot about the personal giving reflection guide. So I don't know if there's anything else you want to share about the guide. Well, if people want to get a copy of it, they can come over to my Facebook group, Give to Live Now. And not only is there the personal reflection guide, but I have a whole bunch of other goodies like breaking down the jargon of financial and estate planning and charitable terms like, you know, a donor can be a grantor and a trustor, and you know they're all similar terms, but what do they mean? So I have a whole worksheet that breaks it down so people understand what all those advisors are talking about and other good stuff as well. Awesome. So we'll make sure that we put a link to your Facebook group in the show notes so everybody will be able to find that. Anything else you want to share with the people about giving so talk about maybe you talked a little bit about your book, but is there anything else in your book that is extremely powerful that you want to pull out for people until they get a copy of it? Well, you know, my book is a great tool for 
individuals as well as advisors who are looking to make an impact in the world. Mm -hmm. um, what's important, I think one of the most important things in the book is the chapter on using, finding and working with your financial advisor. Okay. Because no matter what, I want to make sure you're doing something with in your ability and that's financially sound mm -hmm. and it's all possible. And if, if you don't have a financial advisor or an, another advisor, come on my website and let's talk about what that gift looks like and how it's going to impact you generally. Okay. I'm not saying I'm giving financial advice, but I'm happy to, to talk through some stuff with people so they can they can make a charitable gift they never imagined. Yeah, I think that that's so good because I I, I tell my clients all the time, even before you know, I'm I'm known for taking business owners from six figures to seven figures in a very short period of time, and so it seems like almost overnight they have all of this extra money, right? And if one of the very first things I say is, if you don't have a financial advisor, get one. Get someone who can advise you to make the best decisions for you and your family and your legacy, because legacy is so important. I think that that's a big part of giving too, right? Even, even when I give anonymously, I know that I have the benefit of knowing, you know, in, in terms of spiritual principles, when you give, it's returned to you double, triple, quadruple. And I see it happen like, Right. I, I mean, I see it happen, like not even thinking about the Malachi 3 and 10, which talks about tithing, right? And it, how it says, you know, when you tithe, God will open up the window, windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you don't have room enough to receive, right? So not even just that. Like, I mean, I see that happening too, but like I will get, like, for instance, this past weekend, as I was telling you, we went out and we did blind blessings and Monday morning, I got a new client who paid in full, <laughs> And I had, I mean, and I just, you know what I mean? Like it happens so quickly. Like, now, what I'm not saying for those of you who are listening, I'm not saying give in order to get, I'm saying that byproduct of having a heart of giving or being a goddess of giving as Arlene calls herself is that you will always have giving come back to you. You will always, like you will never be without. It is such an amazing premise to, to think about and consider and to live into. Um, that you never have to worry about any any of those things because of everything Arlene already said. Because first and foremost, you're in alignment, right? You're in alignment with your purpose, right? You're in alignment with your core values and you're leveraging the, the power and the strength of your mind, your body, and your spirit to come together in that alignment to perform a task of benevolence. It doesn't get any better, any more juicy than that in terms of, the legacy that you can create on the planet. And when you do it purposefully by having a financial advisor, whether it be Arlene or someone else, um, it, it helps to make sure that your giving is a directed in a way where the benefits don't stop with what you experience esoterically. Because that's where, and Arlene alluded to it, we don't necessarily have to go here in this episode, but she alluded to the financial benefits from a tax perspective. And depending upon the amount of money you're making in your business, you could probably benefit from, from some of those tax uh, savings benefits that comes along with philanthropic efforts. 
So this has been just so good. So good. I want you all to make sure that you get a copy of our book, Give to Live. I think we can all benefit from giving to live. And really, as, as Arlene says it, make a charitable gift that you never imagined and think about the impact of that gift for generations to come. Arlene, this has been so juicy good. Anything else you want to share before we move into our um, incredible fact of wisdom questions? Well, yeah, I have to share with everyone how to make a legacy gift they never imagined. And it's a real simple formula. So let's say you're given $100 a year to your church or whatever organization you want the animals. It could be $10. It could be $1,000, right? But every year you give. Well, when you pass away, your church or that organization isn't going to receive that money anymore. Mm-hmm. Here's how to make sure they receive it forever, that legacy gift. Ooh. You take your annual gift, and we'll use 100. It's a nice round number. Mm-hmm. And we multiply it by 20. So we're at $2,000. Okay. If you leave a $2,000 gift in your will, a bequest is what that's called, to your organization of choice, Mm -hmm. when invested properly, a 5% payout would be $100 in perpetuity. Mm. You have just made a charitable gift you never imagined. But wait, there's more, Darnell. Okay. That requires you... (laughs) That requires you going to an attorney and paying that attorney. And and let's be honest, during these times, most of us need all of our money to live with, and we can't make that big gift to the end of our lives. Mm-hmm. So instead of putting that in your will as a bequest, let's do it in a tax-efficient manner and put it as a beneficiary designation on our retirement account, which is the most tax-efficient asset you can leave to charity. And all you have to do is go to your bank, call your brokerage firm, uh, Schwab Fidelity. They have the forms online. If you have a financial advisor, they'll hand you the forms and make sure you fill them out properly. And you make a $2,000 beneficiary designation to the charity of your choice. And you are a philanthropist. You've just made it an endowed legacy gift that you never imagined, mazel tov. Oh, I love it, Arlene. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. I just want to pull it back to make sure we got all the steps right. So, cause otherwise everybody's going to be rewinding this over and over and over and over again to get to that part. So you determine your legacy gift amount, right? So you take whatever you give annually, you times it by 20. So in this particular case, we use $100 times 20 is $2,000. Instead of bequeathing it in your will as a gift, you can go to your bank or to your brokerage and you make a beneficiary designation. And that designation will allow you to give a legacy gift, one you've never imagined, to make sure that that organization continues to receive from you even long after you're gone. You got it. And beneficiary designations are typically found on your retirement account. So it might be something, if you're working for a company and you have a 401k, you could get the beneficiary designation from your plan administrator or your HR department. But yeah, it's that simple, Darnell. so good. 
That is so good. Listen, everybody who's listening, you just became a philanthropist. Like, doesn't it feel good to know that you can give, you can set something aside now and $2,000 is not going to make or break anyone's financial situation, but it's going to help to add value to the causes and organizations that you support, that you appreciate, that you want to use to shape the planet. I love it. I'm excited. I love that we're all becoming philanthropists and we're all learning how to not only show love to humankind, but to support those causes that are very, very important to us. Oh my gosh, Arlene, this is amazing. Okay. We could be here all day, but I know we both have things to do. So let's get to our incredible factor wisdom question. So I always ask three questions at the end of every episode, just to help our audience learn more in terms of um, adding to their reading list, right? Because I'm always about reading. I think readers are leaders. And if you want to lead, you've got to always be opening a book, putting more in you than you put on you. So my first question is, what is the last book that you read? Oh, I have so many books going on right now. But the last book I read happens to be Happy Money. And this is a book that was actually written by Michael Norton and Elizabeth Dunn on, you know, if you think money can't buy you happiness, stop spending it on yourself and spend it on others. Wow. I love it. I love it. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes. And then what is your favorite quote? Oh, gosh. It is... um, you must do the thing you think you cannot do. Mm. And that is the quote that got me through writing my book. It was posted next to my computer with the 10 reasons why I needed to write this book, Give to Live. Awesome. I, love I am not a natural writer like you. I started off as a photography major. Oh, because wow. I, didn't, I submitted pictures. I didn't even have to write a paragraph on my college application. (laughs) Wow. That's good. I love that quote. You must do the thing that you think you cannot do. I love it. I love it. I love it. And last but not least, what is one tool you swear by to grow your business? The phone. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know why I love asking that question is because I get all time. I've gotten everything from mindset to the phone and everything in between. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I'm so excited that you stopped by for us to have this amazing conversation today, Arlene. I know that our listeners are going to be blessed. They're going to become philanthropists. They're going to be gifts and endowments and just truly shaking the planet all because of everything that you've shared with us. You truly are a goddess of giving and it is my pleasure to have spent this time with you. So I will see you all next time. Take care. That was so powerful. Thank you, Arlene, for stopping by and hanging out with me and giving us those powerful, powerful nuggets. As you know, because you just heard the episode, there are so many really amazing things that Arlene shared. There's a few things I want to pull on. My biggest takeaway was aligning your giving with your core values, right? And I love that question she asked. What is your family passionate about? And who's left a major impact on you and why? And leveraging that to help you to determine when and where and how you're going to give. Because at the end of the day, giving provides happiness 
And the byproducts of giving will establish a wealth foundation for you and your family for generations to come. Oh, and let's not forget about that legacy gift tip she gave us towards the end of our conversation. Remember, we're all going out to make a beneficiary designation. Every single one of us has the ability to be a philanthropist, whether you are doing so anonymously or doing so in your name. Let's shake the planet through our giving. Let's will it so that God truly does open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that we don't have room enough to receive. And just in case you were wondering, keep in mind that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So wherever you are giving, you are tithing and you are opening yourself up to the ability to experience the benefits of both tithing and sowing. Tithes and offering as Malachi 3 and 10 speaks of it. I'm grateful um, about this conversation with Arlene. I've been a giver for as long as I can remember. I will be a giver until I die. And I know it's the reason why I lack nothing in my life. Not only because Deuteronomy 2 and 7 says I lack nothing, but because of the, the spiritual principles behind giving, right? Give it, give, and it will be given into you. Press down, shaken together and running over. That's what happens when we give. So I hope that every single one of you will create your own ph philanthropic plan and begin to find places and spaces where you can give as little or as much as you have in order to be able to help somebody to experience life in a much more incredible way. Thank you guys for hanging out today. I'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for the Leverage Your Incredible Factor business podcast. If after listening to this episode, you know that it's time that you stop playing and praying small, you should go grab my Grow Your Business Toolkit. Based on the pillars of business optimization, this toolkit is the only resource you need to get crystal clear about what it will take to take your business to the seven-figure mark. Go grab yours today at growyourbiztoolkit.com. And if you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor, head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember you deserve to scale your business, shake the planet, and fund the life you crave. Take care.